Hello, this is episode 169 of the Purple Psychology Podcast. This episode is the Purple Learning Educational Manifesto. We are at that time of the year in this part of the world where everyone feels dread at going back to school, except for a few hopeful people until the first time they're bullied or they just don't feel good enough. There is an 18-month waiting list in Ireland for authorities to get through the paperwork for all of the people who've put in homeschooling applications, all the people who've realised over the last few months that their lives have been better. There is so much wrong in the world right now, it's starting to feel crippling. And so this is what I sat down and wrote yesterday. This is going to be an extensive podcast for me. I have a link to the full manifest on my homepage. It's just above the image of personalities and inconvenience in school. So it's drnishorelli.org. There's been so much that's been evident during this pandemic. The lack of social responsibility, the racist attacks. We had another horrible one in Ireland this week. The mental health issues, the drink culture. We're literally drinking to have confidence. And in many ways, I've never seen this as difficult to fix. However, the challenge that I've always had is that I put the effort into building a student up and then they go back to the next stage of the system where they're crushed again. What better time than now to completely re-evaluate it all? The virus isn't going away in the morning and we have the space to plan differently and react differently. Most of what I wish to happen doesn't have a great economic cost. It's a change of mindset and a change of priorities. It requires collaboration with all the organisations that are already out there battling for change and which need the support of the next generation. Why are we creating such discord in the world? Basically, we're not encouraging or allowing space for young people across the globe to develop through young stages of development. We achieve first for ourselves and then for others. We've become so obsessed with grades, points and academic achievements that we've lost sight of the value of education. How education allows us to be better from within ourselves for a better world where we feel we can make more choices and we can then take responsibility by making the right choices for everyone. You can have everything and it doesn't matter if you don't have the passions to realise your talents. As I said, the the full link to the educational manifesto is on my homepage, drnishorelli.org. I'm unusual in that I work in development from two years upwards. I include changes in this to key stages to reflect the points that we have core growth and development, and particularly around the formation of our personalities, which is currently not fostered at all within the education system. One of the first things I ever wrote is that personality is an inconvenience in school. So if I start at the beginning, I've included all of the languages for several countries here. So kindergarten, Montessori, childcare. So this is up to seven years now for me. I'd like to see smaller learning hubs with a maximum of six. Part of that is to do with the natural group dynamics that form within numbers so that there's elements there for people to play together but also play separately but not feel left out. It's a number that basically doesn't create 
splits and divides within groups. There's n- there's not the opportunity there to be to create sort of majorities within the room. Once you go above fifteen in the room, you start to have all sorts of dynamics that start to play out in contrast to each other, basically, and in competition. So you really don't want competitions at this stage. So there's no assessments, no comparison. It's completely self-paced. I see there it being completely unnecessary to have a focus on literacy, numeracy, or learning aims at this stage in education. If some students develop those naturally, great, but if others don't, it gives them the space to do it. Play is essential, as is music, art, meditation, self-direction, a big focus on outdoor activities, which is hugely beneficial at the moment. So nature, creativity, play and invention. I think it's really important to have movement, flexibility and dance. And this is the sense of the comfort within our own bodies and developing our own core from the inside out and gaining that confidence within ourselves. Peer-to-peer engagement, how to make friends, defining respect, defining how to treat other people with respect, treating other people as you wish to be treated yourself. These are huge, huge milestones, and they are all created by example. There needs to be a big emphasis on difference and promoting it, and understanding and realising our emotions constructively, having a sense of what it feels like when we're completely over-emotive, and how to not project that onto other people. It's this stage of our lives which we learn how to do this and how to to feel comfortable within ourselves. And most importantly, this is the key point towards the end of this age where our personality develops and that needs to be encouraged and promoted. Primary, elementary, above seven years. I think there needs to be a complete re-evaluation of the number of hours that people spend in education We are currently following a model that matches the Industrial Revolution. It doesn't match learning aims. At this point, literacy and numeracy can be introduced because people feel confident and they've learned who they are and how they work and how they think best through other means, through play and music and art and dance and creativity and so on. So introducing them to, to key concepts such as learning and numeracy at this point, they will effortlessly figure out how to do it their way. Again, there's no comparison, there's no achievement scale, there's a big focus on reflective skills. I can't emphasise enough how important reflective skills are for life, and this is a really key stage to start with children looking at reflective skills and looking at their sense of their own personal achievements and their talents and their aptitudes so that people feel naturally good about themselves. There needs to be a really high awareness of bullying and that there is no bullying within interactions. And rather than having the victim-style approach where there's either the victim of the person who's been bullied or the victim in the person who's doing the bullying, there needs to be a group therapy style where the whole class is involved and understand the implications of what's happening. And the smallest incidents need to be dealt with very effectively and very openly with a big emphasis on accepting difference, anti-racism, the sort of gender role assumptions that are in society, the complete promotion of equality and balance. This needs to take place at this key point in development. There needs to be an awareness 
of social media at this stage and the implications. And this may include children being old enough at this point from above the age of five to say to their parents, I don't want you to post that photo of me. And for them to feel like they have the right to say that. And for them to realise how their presence is developing online. From 10 years, I think this is the point where people need to be stretched. There needs to be more than one teacher. Your personality is developed at this point. And so we do get personality clashes. So it is better if there is more than one person involved. It's also you've got to this stage where you're starting to want to master ideas. And so you need specialized people to take you to the next stage in those, such as in art, music, dance, language, creativity, science, whatever those areas are, you need somebody who's going to bring you to the next point in them and have more people to engage with. And that also sets you up for the next stage of education where you naturally engage with more people and more adults. This is the point where in life where we start to realise that we are different to others in relation to others. And it's a very good point to develop an introduction to bigger concepts such as social structures, political and democratic structures, environmental sustainability, community work. You introduce those as, as big, broad topics for them to have a sense of themselves in the world. I really feel that people should move to junior, year seven, middle school by age 11 on the cusp of puberty. It's been very clear to me for a long time that the last year in primary education is the biggest year of bullying. It's when a lot of the bullying becomes based in sexuality, gender, religious and racist nature. And there's a sense at that point that it would be beneficial to stretch people and refocus their responsibility to the world beyond themselves and that would help to deal with a lot of the challenges and antisocial behaviors that we're starting to see. They actually start to develop at this age between 11 and by 15 it's too late to roll back the clock and ask people to be something different. And with that in mind, because it is such a key stage of development, I don't feel there should be any exams. I feel there's a big focus on life skills there's a focus on group facilitation rather than teaching so that people are better at interacting with each other. It's an element of introducing people to topics in less than 20 minutes and then having them go away and do the work themselves. There needs to be time allocated in the academic studies in a way to promote the other important things that need to happen at this time. We're inclined to drown people out in academic coursework at this stage. And it's too pressurised, it's unnecessary, and it doesn't allow for the time for the things that really matter. So for me right now, project work, including collaborations using online resources, which allow you to work with other communities, other cultures and other schools. If we have seen anything during this pandemic, it is the possibility of what online learning does for us. There's a huge amount of community work that the students can be involved in, conservation work, entrepreneurial studies, practical studies. This is the point where they get to experience whether they have a practical talent in carpentry, pottery, mechanics, electrical, whatever you want to place in there. And also, it's the point where I feel that it's really good to start to introduce the idea of political and campaign studies and the formation of your own opinions and values there.
Toward the age of 15, there needs to be a complete career analysis. People need options at this point. And those options need to be equally weighted in society. Nobody's better than anybody else. It doesn't matter if you're going to go on and be academic or if you're going to go on and be entrepreneurial or you have, you have a particular creative talent, whether it's dancing or art or music or whatever that is, or if there's a very practical based career that you could go for. All of those things are equal in the world and it's about time that we introduce them as being equal. There needs to be options for different routes at this point. And there needs to be an option to return so that if you decide that you don't wish to pursue academic studies further beyond this point, you can always come back to it. I think upskilling and learning what you need at a key point is much more beneficial than forcing someone to remain in studies and drown out every amount of enthusiasm they have and then expecting them to come back and reboot that later. Again, at this point, there needs to be a massive emphasis on sexual health, sexuality, feminism, political rights, voting, gender studies, social studies, anti-racism studies, religious differences, and other social concerns for me, including the, the impacts of social media. All of that core work has to be done at 50. It's a really pivotal time in people's lives, and we would not see incidents of teenagers pushing a Chinese woman into the canal if we had done that work in school. There needs to be a merit scheme for extracurricular activities and external modules to promote passions and interests. And this is the part that we have got really wrong in society and the biggest reason why teens are not developing at the moment because they see it as either privileged to have those interests for because some people don't feel they have access to them because schools are not equal. They don't feel they have the time and feel they should give all of this up in order to do their academic studies when it is the biggest part of their development of themselves and who they are and what they have to give to the world. It is far more important than any of their academic work at this stage. And this needs to be promoted and it needs to be encouraged if you wish to go forward for a university application. One of the biggest challenges people are facing in university is they are getting students who have done nothing in the world except stick their head in a book and learn it off in order to be there. It's extraordinary when I ask teenagers very simple questions like, who are your heroes? Who inspires you? Who do you admire? What books have you read that have really inspired you? And they don't have the answers to any of those questions because they don't do anything peripheral to their schoolwork. That really needs to change. Secondary school, high school from the ages to 16. There needs to be a merit scheme that's equal equivalence to all elements. Academic study, again, does not take priority. We really need to promote diversity in learning. There's been a huge amount of articles during this time that the people who are diverse are able to adapt and change in society and that that is a really beneficial quality to have right now. There needs to be a study cohort that get to pick their, their specialist subjects, but with the option to do smaller tester modules to encourage that diversity. There needs to be exam preparation. This is the first stage of your life where you're going to do an exam. It's the only stage where you need to do an exam and you need to learn the skills for that but you need to be presented as to how to get through an exam. That's the, the, 
the crux for me at the moment. Nobody ever knows what a good answer looks like. It's that basic. But there also needs to be an equal element of career preparation and the outside skills that are needed for you to build to the next stage in your life. That needs outside involvement from teachers in business, the arts, university level. And the sort of modules I would suggest are presentation, IT skills, writing for different purposes. There are completely different reasons for writing and how you write. Research skills, evaluation, again, reflection is critical, statistics, data analysis, marketing, presentation, including how to present and direct pieces and use group facilitation studies, negotiation and debating and expression. Those will really help people to form into who they are and regardless of what they go on to next and what element, what stream they're following, whether they're following a creative stream or an entrepreneurial one or they're going towards university for a very academic career, all of those elements will help to round them as people and set them up into the world. At university level, there needs to be a total reform of the undergraduate application process. It needs to be a much wider process involving aptitudes, the merits throughout the whole education to, to date, all those extracurricular activities, all those things that you have been involved in. There needs to be a passion for the area and a statement of intent for your studies. You need to understand why you're going for what you're doing. And I want a big emphasis on supporting and promoting first generation to university. I would also wish the universities to be completely accountable for their progression rates and their continued career rates and funding to be based on those outcomes. I am really upset at people starting university and actually being classified as monetary units and universities not needing to worry whether they progress to the second year of their degree. It is one of the most shattering experiences of life to flop out of university. I have known so many people who have struggled to pick themselves up after that experience and I don't hold them accountable, I hold the universities accountable. There are so many people who work for careers who never work in them. Careers such as medicine and nursing that cost huge amounts of money for the people to study it, both for the state and for the students. And they realize that they never want to work in this. There is so much wrong with this. There are so many talented, passionate, gifted people who are not going into courses that they genuinely would excel in. And there are people who are going through the motions of doing this and they come out the other side and they are not personality or career aptitude for the careers that they're following. It's one of the biggest things that we have got wrong in education. There needs to be a separate focus within universities for research and teaching. There are different camps of people and they have different priorities and they are both equally valuable. And students need to have the options to do modules in practical design and innovation in industrial applications and in pure research. All three of those are very different. And the other additional modules that need to take place in an undergraduate degree are how to create research theory and creativity in research, an introduction to philosophy, understanding the concepts of studying wisdom and knowledge and how areas overlap, to understand how to do grant applications and their importance, how to apply for them, 
what does a successful grant look like? Collaboration projects, especially international ones. We've started these students collaborating at the ages of 15 upwards. They need to continue that. There needs to be a module on understanding if you continue into research and master's and doctoral studies, what that entails and what's at the end of it. And for the people who go towards that to genuinely thrive in research. There needs to be career applications, including teaching, the sort of practical laboratory careers, data analysis, innovation, entrepreneurial, industrial or creative. There needs to be a spectrum of what can I do with what I have studied. And there is a spectrum of possibilities available to everybody. And there needs to be, again, a time allocation for extracurricular activities and interests and encouragement of political teaching and community-based programmes. This is the most life-forming time where people are not doing anything now other than worrying about continuous assessment and their next assignment and their next exam. Yes, there does need to be exams at the end of this process, but there needs to be an equal weight to developing yourself and developing your interests and being involved outside of your course. And we can't expect to produce a society of people who are suddenly responsible adults if at the whole way through the system we have at no point encouraged them to do that and to take that time and to feel that it's valuable. And we haven't merited it and we haven't rewarded it in any way. That is one of the biggest parts wrong in our society and why we do not develop people.